starting to feel like Formula One is like, I don't understand. Girls. The greatest Formula One champion of all time. And, and Formula One is that it's like a traveling circus of Spain and a drum. Except I am from Formula One. Uh. People know NASCAR, but, but people don't, because Formula One is like, it's a whole different thing. Box and pick and firmer. Welcome to the Redefine Podcast, the podcast where we put American subtitles on the sport of Formula One. I am your host, Frederick Kernigan, and with me as always, my co-host Michael Timmerman, <laughs> aka Timmy. He's, he's zooming in on screen here. What's up? What's up? What's up? So in today's episode, we're doing our t- predictions for the 2022 drivers uh championship. We're you know putting in place who we think is going to go from 20th all the way up to first, but we're doing it in the same format as the qualifying or it's a knockout format. We're going to do the first five. So 20th through 16, we're going to give our quick thoughts on that. So we don't, you know, it is a pretty meaty episode. And then we're going to do 15 through 11, go into a slightly more in-depth explanation, but still not all the way. And then our top 10, we're going to, you know, go really into depth when it comes to that kind of stuff. But um, before we get into that, we always like to start the episode off with uh, non-F1 related stuff. So, Timmy, I'm going to ask you a question that makes me happy. I don't know how I know it's coming. I know it's coming. (laughs) But how do you feel about losing Khalil Mack to the Chargers? Before you say anything, let me say... It, it, I have no hate against Bears fans. Like, so, like, if you guys are in pain or any other Bears fans are in pain, I'm sorry. Like, you guys have to get rid of them. But what makes me happy is I see Raider fans tweeting about it. They're like, it pains me to see Khalil in a Chargers jersey because he was drafted by the Raiders. Yeah. And so, oh, it makes me so happy. So, any any bear, sad Bear fan, I feel bad for. It. But any sad Raider fan, ooh, just <laughs> mm, chef's kiss, bro initially like my first initial reaction was like what the (laughs) like what the hell what are we doing but then like as time went on and like uh the biggest thing was the chargers took the rest of Kalomax contract so they're Mm. now they're paying them 65 mil for the three years and we've open so much cap space to then re-sign our young talent and then after go after free agency and then uh we made a couple more moves releasing uh uh eddie goldman and then releasing uh someone else that i can't remember right now oh trevathan danny trevathan so like uh our gm is cleaning house like ryan poles he's he's like ryan pace your roster garbage you're out of here you're out of here <laughs> like uh so i i'm my initial reaction was heartbroken i have a khalil mac jersey <laughs> you, you can ship that over to me ship so, it on over I, so i'm like, colored in blue oh like dang dang that sucks but for the future for hopefully not or we're investing in long-term sustainable success so that's what i'm i'm optimized or uh not optimized uh optimistic about our future this season does not count like (laughs) we're we're ignoring this season and we're uh the this is like 
yeah, skip this season. Doesn't matter who wins. The Bears aren't going to be good. But I don't, I don't hate it anymore. As like, I like it more and more as time goes on. Like, I like he has a plan and he's executing that plan, and I mess with that. Um, I'm, I'm just hyped that for the longest time growing up, I was irritated at the fact that it always felt like the Chargers never really played the free agency game or made any moves for like big name players. So now that Tom Telesco, surfboard Tom Telesco is out here making moves. I'm, I'm with it. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, bro. I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> I know now, now you have more than just a Bosa. <laughs> yeah. Now we have, he's like, uh, what's his name? Melvin Ingram, but better. <laughs> Way better. Way better. So I'm happy. Well, if he stays healthy, that's the yeah. biggest thing is I and wish like people, Bears fans were like, we couldn't get more than a second and a six. It's like, He's coming off a season-ending foot injury. He's 31 years old. His contract is it's pretty big, huge, huge. It's an elite contract for someone that hasn't been putting up elite, elite numbers. Yeah, like he's like obviously he does. Uh, he still commands a lot of attention. Still commands a lot of respect, and uh, demands double teams a lot of the time. But for the, where the Bears are, it makes sense to get as much draft picks or draft capital as possible. And that's like what they got. So I'm okay with it. Everyone thought Seattle was clearing house. Chicago said, here, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. But, but Seattle's like full, full rebuild. They don't even have a quarterback right now. So. <laughs> and Drew Luck. They yeah. have the Alex Albon. <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, not Alex Albon. Uh, the Nicholas Latifi. Nicholas Latifi. Yeah. But anyways, going into F1, we're going to um, – talk about our first five or I guess our bottom five first um me and Timmy agree with 20th through 18 uh, and then the differences start at 17 so I'm gonna list our, our bottom three real quick we both have Guan Yu Zhou 20th K Mag who's a story we'll get into but we have him at 19th and then Mick Schumacher the baby legend he's at a we have him at 18th so uh, do you want to say why we, we have them at the bottom three? Uh, so at least for my prediction, these guys aren't going to score any points. The, the way they're ordered is based on their finishes. So I suspect Mick to average higher finishes than K-Mag and uh, Zhao. And that's really it. Like I expect, I, that's that's like how I order them. I expect Mick to do better than Mag. I expect Matt and uh, Mag to do better than Zhao. But they're not going to score any points, in my opinion. Um, uh, I think maybe the highest they finish is a crazy fourteen for Mick. But other than that, like it's pretty, pretty bottom bottom of the barrel. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I I agree. The the Zhou. Um prediction I is pretty set he's a rookie and it's not like he was lighting up the world in f2 either so he comes in with alpha there with looking at barcelona testing and then now bahrain testing they're like they have reliability issues at the beginning of the season so it'll be interesting to see how a rookie not only has to get along with a teetering car if you would call it that because we haven't seen it yet, so we they could either be sandbagging like crazy or 
like actually having legitimate problems for the future. And so if Bottas can get a handle of it, which I feel like he can, uh, I don't think Joe is going to have the same like immediate connection with it, even though he has put out some decent times in testing. But yeah, I agree. Not going to get a point. Um, I think, in fact, he will probably spin out the most just because he has to learn F1 and it's a new reg. Like what what he drove in F2 is now a different philosophy in F1 because it's ground effect now. I expect him to kind of perform like Yuki last year, but but he's in a worse car. So yeah. he doesn't have the benefit of having a better car than uh, I think four or five of the teams. So yeah. even if you have a bad day, you can still finish 10th or 9th. Yeah. With Alfa Romero, their car is bottom three, if not bottom two. And with him being a rookie and not having a great uh, early career, like an F2, I like, I agree with like, kind of what you're saying. He's going to have a lot of spin outs. He's going to have a lot of crashes. Yeah. Uh, and that car is not, it hasn't shown to be reliable. So I feel like they're going to have a lot of uh, malfunctions too. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Bottas seems to have a curse with like car malfunction. So <laughs> he might bring that over from Mercedes and have a bunch of uh, um, pit stops go wrong on the <laughs> team as well. Yeah. No, but uh, going on to Magnuson now, we kind of see it as him just being the the guy who's coming back off of F1. He's supposed to be an Indy car this season, but the whole uh, Nikita Mazepin thing happened. So um, he filled in the spot. And so it's interesting to see how he's going to perform, whether or not he he's talented. I think in years past, he's shown that. But a year and a half is a year and a half out of F1. And so there's no way around it. He has to knock off the rust. Like even Alonso had a little bit of like rust to knock off. And he's a two-time world champion. Not saying Mag is like so much worse than him. It's just, it's a reality that everyone has to face. And so along with that, the Haas card, I feel like even though they're putting up these crazy times in testing, um, I feel like it's more suited or they're just turning it up to get the eyes of maybe would-be sponsors like hey maybe they're taking a step up this year and they have two like you know decent drivers but i feel like it's they're trying to catfish a sponsor well they also had uh spent all their resources last year creating this car right Mm -hmm. so uh unlike the other teams they've had a year like a full year of developing this car so uh i was watching a youtube video and they're kind of explaining that the Haas car like is actually probably uh like it's a lot better in the beginning of this season but the competition and the other teams are only going to catch up as the season goes on so Haas might surprise in the first race with like a higher placement than they usually do but after the second or third race they'll be back in the bottom where they usually finish i can see that i can see that for sure but that same um i guess that that reasoning is also why we won't put mick higher than 18th yeah yeah both of us agree that the car um unless it shows out or a crazy race happens they're neither of them are scoring points but mick being embedded into the team a whole year prior i guess mag has like um okay mag has prior years the four that he spent with them but you never know what could have changed in that year and a half 
they've it's now clearly mixed team yeah with a fan favorite or a team favorite also driving with them because mick has been the focus and the one driving the car since last year but yeah so with with the bottom three being um you know what they are pretty quickly me and timmy disagree on 17th 17th i have nicholas latifi and 16th i have uh, alex albon who do you have for 17th and 16th i just have them flip so 17 i have uh, albon and then 16 i have latifi um my reasoning i think albon's coming off or is this first year back, right? Yeah. He's coming off a year rest, or not a year rest, a year of not having a seat in Formula One. So I believe he's going to have that kind of rust of getting used to the Williams car where Latifi was there last year. He's been a part of the team. Uh, he's had the kind of, I guess, more experience, more recent experience. And he's, uh, he's older too. So he's like uh, seasoned, more seasoned as well. So that's why I have him over Albon. Um, I think the Williams might be able to sneak in some points, which kind of goes against my uh, original team predictions. But hopefully Bottas can surprise people <laughs> and carry. But yeah, now, now like think, seeing the more and more of the testings, I'm like thinking Williams will probably be the eight team and Alpha would be the nineteen. Uh, but so these guys, they either don't score points or they score points in one race because there's a huge crash or, or something crazy happens. I know I had mentioned earlier the whole like ring rust or like track rust with K Meg being out, but I feel like it's a little different with um, Alex because he wasn't a complete like out of F1. He was a test driver. So he was he didn't get any like wheel to wheel action or like any I don't I don't know if he got any FP or like free practice sessions for Red Bull, but he drove in their sim. He drove in like when they were trying to recreate the crashes between um, Lewis and Max, he was the one driving and stuff. So it's not like he was completely out of F1, but it still wasn't. Nothing can replace real F1 track time, like race track time. So I don't feel like the ring rust will affect him as great as say someone like K-Mag or someone as Alonzo because he was still kind of hanging around the paddock. So that, that took away the whole doubt in my mind that that'll hold him back under Latifi. I feel like that one little year out of F1, if anything, will play as a motive, like motivator for him to like show out and you guys shouldn't have let me like go for the year. I should have had a seat. Whereas Latifi is going to be, have all that pressure of this is now my team. I now have to perform because um, George is gone. I'm, I'm the guy I've been the guy for the past three years. Who's been a part of the team. So it only makes sense. And so I feel like he's going to put a lot of pressure on himself. I don't think he's that guy to handle the pressure or handle number one spot. So Albon is slowly going to win the team over and bias. I agree. Maybe a crazy race happens. Albon snakes a, an eighth, a seventh, but that'll only further the um, the swing of, I guess, backing from the inner team from Latifi to Albon, and then Albon's going to slowly become their guy. Yeah, I can see that happening. They're very interchangeable for the Williams drivers. Yeah. So it'll just really come down to who consistently qualifies and race better. 
which is kind of how Formula One works. <laughs> Sound like Will Buxton. <laughs> oh, don't get me started <laughs> with that guy. But yeah, so that that's our bottom five. Um, I'll, I'll repeat mine real quick. It's Guan Yu Zhou, K Mag, uh, Mick Schumacher, Nicholas Latifi, and then Alex Albon at sixteen. Yeah, mine. Joe, K Mag, Mick, uh, Alex Albon, and then Latifi. Okay, so now on to <laughs> Q two. Uh, the next five that are knocked out, uh, I'll let Timmy go and say his 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 five. Yeah, so I have Bottas at 15, Lance Stroll at 14, Yuki at 13, Esteban <laughs> at 12, and then um, Sebastian Vettel at 11. Okay, do you want to go out and explain your picks? Uh, yeah, so the reason why I have this lineup, I think Sebastian – being the seasoned vet, uh, being in a good car with Aston Martin is going to perform well. He's going to consistently place probably 12th through 8th, I think, would probably be his range of placements. He'll obviously get some uh, higher finishes depending on how like the races go and who crashes, who whose car malfunctions and stuff. I have the most faith in him and being the most consistent out of these five drivers. So that's why I have him at 11. Uh, Esteban Ocon, I think his, I think the Alpine car is a top end car, not top end, but like a middle tier car where the just, he's good enough to score points and the car itself will help him like put him in positions to be able to score those points. But I think uh, Sebastian has the slight edge on him just because of his experience. And then Yuki and Strolls are taking a step up from last year, I feel like. I think Yuki, it might it might just be the drive to survive episode on him, <laughs> uh, making me a little biased. Like, I love the dude now. Like, he is funny. He's a funny <laughs> guy. He's just a funny He's Japanese a kid. Yeah, who just, like, has no – he uh, – his – he learned English through driving. So he's like a very <laughs> aggressive uh, English speaker. And he's a, he's a little uh, angry on the road. <laughs> so I, I love him. But uh, he's gonna, I think he's going to do better, take a be- big step this year, hopefully. But I still don't think that he'll uh, – I don't think that he'll consistently perform like expectations of him will. So I have him at 13. Lance Stroll. Dude, I gotta, I gotta see it. I have to see him show me why you're not, you're I should trust him. No, I'm not. I, I still think that he's just da- uh, the dad's son that's on the team. <laughs> like the money got him there. So I wanna, I have to see proof to, for reason to put him up higher than 14. And Bottas, I have Bottas at 15 simply because Alfa Romero, their car is really bad, but I think his driving skills uh will make him get get enough points to score 15. I don't think any of these guys get a win though. I I would agree with your last two points there. Um I have so I'll say mine real quick. I have Akon at 15, Bottas at 14, Alonzo 13th, Stroll 12th, Yuki 11th. But the the Bottas um, point you had made, I do agree. I think Bottas is out gonna is gonna outperform his car, 
just because he's had experience. He has the pace to put himself in a decent qualifying position and then hopefully only improve off of that. But some you never know with Bottas. Sometimes he will put in a an absolute heater of a lap and then kind of just disappear throughout the race. Or he I haven't seen him go toe-to-toe and like come out on top. So I think if he starts battling, he'll start falling back. But I do think he's going to outperform the car and put himself at a higher place than what Joe does um, just because of his experience. But I don't think Akon is going to um, outperform the car. I think he's going to show how weak that car really is. And that's why I have him underneath Bottas. At, like I have Akon at 15th because you think that not the Aston Martin car, but the Alpine car is a like an upper tier midfield car from what I've been seeing in like the testing and whatnot, it seems as if they have gremlins in their car that they can't figure out. Uh, and so hopefully they put the fire out before it becomes a huge forest fire. Well, it's a little like Ember, but I don't see it. And I, as I said, in previous episodes, still not sold on Akon, nothing against the dude. Like I said, last episode was when it was circumstantial. So I think he's going to show the benchmark of the car. Whereas Alonzo, who I have at 13th, is going to outperform the car. Because Alonzo is an absolute genius when it comes to motorsports. Like, he raced in WEC, the world endurance champion. He's, a, he's just a racing addict. So him being who he is, is just going to naturally raise the car. Because he even did it last year. He whipped, like, magical qualifying performances out of nowhere. And he defended against Hamilton. So himself is going to outperform that car, carry to 13th, but I don't see him getting any higher. Um, so, yeah, what did I have? I said Akon 15, Bottas 14, Alonso 13th. And as far as Stroll goes, I, I think Stroll is going to do better than what you had said. You had him at what? You had 14th. 14th. I'm also not sold on Stroll. Like I said in previous episodes, I'm not, a, not the president of his fan club, nor am I even a part of it. But the car seems to be decent enough. And hopefully if he learns under Seb by just watching and being in his, you know, in the same vicinity, he can take a step up naturally. Um, so that's why I have him at 12. And then Yuki, I think the AlphaTauri car is going to reflect the Red Bull car into the point where they're performing well in certain tracks. Um, but I don't see him competing top 10 Yuki just purely off of consistency um, consistency comes with experience and so he flew through his younger categories his his f1 career as a, up to this point has been very roller coaster started off Bahrain super good and like it's been all over the place ended fourth in Abu Dhabi so but you know in the middle of the season he had a couple crashes and qualifying during the race that really put the halt on his hype train so I think if he doesn't get the consistency under wraps, he's just bound to be 11th, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's my reasoning on the, the top five, or the I guess the, the middle five. Anything else to add? Anything else to add? Ignore Alpine's problem by just looking at their nice pink and blue. <laughs> <laughs> How can there be a problem if they look so nice? Yeah, come on now. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, but I, I can see I see what you're saying about that. I think the Alpha Tauri 
definitely has a better car than Alpine. But I think Yuki holds that team back, so I'm okay with Alpine still being higher I, than Alpha. I'm seeing Alpha Tauri perform decent during testing. I'm getting scared that they might challenge for fifth. And I, I we have them both at six, but I'm looking at them. I'm like, maybe they, they, have, they get fifth. But I don't know. I, I still believe in um, Seb and just the Aston Martin team as a whole. So yeah. like not really pull it all together in one year, but still come out on top as the battle for the midfield. Really with those teams and like these racers, it comes down to who can crash the least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like who can just, it's just like, who can be the most consistent driver? Uh, and with, with the sport as crazy as F1, it really comes down to who can survive the wild card races. Cause yeah. you're going to have those. Or no, races. who these guys who benefits them. Oh yeah. Like who capitalize on it. Yes. Yeah. That, who puts themselves in the position to get points, get way more points than yeah. they typically get. <laughs> Akon usually does that pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Akon's. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we're looking nice. at this all wrong, or at least I am, but that's why I got him up at 12. <laughs> I don't see it. I got him at 15, we'll but um, on to Q3 now, the top 10. Um, We'll go, we'll go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. We'll, we'll go one by one. So I have at 10th, I have Sebastian Vettel. Who do you have at 10th? I have Alonzo. Okay. So I have Seb at 10th because I think um, out of the three mid, true midfield teams, because and I had said in episode four that McLaren is going to be in no man's land. They're not going to be competing for a podium, but they're not going to be fighting in the midfield. So out of the which may not be true. We'll see. We'll see. How their cars performing and testing. <laughs> Whoever's at number five team might be fighting McLaren. Or yeah. We'll but, see. But I think out of the true midfield teams, I think the Aston Martin um car will be better. And going further into that, I think the better of the two Aston Martin drivers is Seb. And so he will come out, out of the top out of the true midfield guys. Um, so he's going to be firmly planted at 10. He's going to pick up races. I see him maybe even getting a fifth. I don't think he's going to, uh, finesse, uh, podiums this year. I know he got one last year should have been two, but the gas was stuck in their car and they couldn't get a sample out. That's so stupid, but yeah, no, I, I see him getting a fifth. That'll keep him at 10, um, in the overall standings just purely because of his experience and the car not being complete trash. Why do you got Alonzo at 10th? The pretty much the same reason you got Sebastian at 10th, except I, you, you're I back believe, in the Alpine. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I put them at fifth. I got to believe that their car is pretty good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, it's pretty much the exact same reason. He's a veteran who's super smart on the track who's able to capitalize on opportunities to get the points that he needs to get and who consistently, I think more often than not, he will be in the top 10. Uh, I feel like he'll highest finish, maybe like fifth, Uh, definitely needs some help, but I don't think unless we get a crazy, crazy crash like last year, I don't see him finishing higher than fifth or fourth. Yeah. Uh, so, but I think he consistently finishes like 10 through seven. I, I can see him like 
depending on how those uh, the other guys perform, he can consistently get points throughout the yeah. year. He'll be the guy to make up on like the regular wild card races. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we basically have the same reason, just different casting characters. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we both agree on nine looking at it. We both agree that <laughs> Daniel Ricardo is going to be a, going to be stuck at ninth, which is what he was last year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. No, no, he was eighth. So he'd be taking a step back. But I'll start it off. I don't think it's tough knowing that it isn't his fault that he missed testing. But being down 200 laps to your teammate in a car that Lando was showing to be have its own gremlins, like there's something wrong with that car whether it's the front wing, ride height, or whatever it may be, is something isn't clicking. And we saw how uh, Daniel Ricciardo was affected by what he just couldn't get or what he chalked up to him not being able to understand the car. And so he's already down 200 laps because, unfortunately, he did get COVID. But it's not looking good for him already. So that's that's why I have him at ninth. And I still have, even though McLaren had a bad showing, I think their facilities and their faculty, like Zach Brown, uh, I mean, Andreas Seidel, there you go, Andreas Seidel, their, their team principal, I think those two guys aren't going to let this team fumble the bag. I think they're going to somehow fortify and just hold down the fort and either they don't – or either they fix their car midseason and they get it to compete like how it should be or how we're all hyping it up to be or they just fortify and defend, defend, defend from the, the bottom guys, the, the, the bottom midfield teams. I think, yeah, I think McLaren also has the best uh, driving pair out of the midfield with mm-hmm. Daniel and Lando. Lando's like heads and shoulders above, uh, I think, the, the rest of the midfield. Mm-hmm. So he'll definitely be carrying most of the weight. I Originally, I had Daniel at eight, but – Similar reasons to what you're saying that being down 200 laps is pretty big, but more so uh, I just don't think, I don't know how much of an improvement he's going to like, or I don't know if he's going to be able to figure it out this year because he couldn't figure it out all last year. So I'm not sure. And it's like a new car. So it's not like he's, Oh, I have a year under my belt. It's like a whole new car and everything. Mm -hmm. So he's shown that, he can't really pick up like uh, new cars and new uh, like problems quickly because he had similar issues with uh, Renault, if I remember. Yeah, that. his first season was kind of mid. I think yeah. second season he bounced back for sure. Yeah, so hopefully he's able to bounce back. But just looking back at his history, he's shown that he's a slow learner, which like not saying he's dumb or anything, but it like takes him kind of – he's not – quick to pick up uh new cars and like how they work and everything so that's why i ended up putting him at nine and also with the testing uh with the mclaren it's not showing out all that well but i shouldn't take too much should always take testing with a grain of salt because you never know who's sandbagging who's uh who's really going all out but i hope he proves me wrong i hope he does have a bounce back year because i am a i do like uh daniel I think he's a he's a fun personality, but I don't see him going higher than I. Th- I think there's eight better drivers than him on the track. That's that's fair. 
<clears throat> I um the only argue or the only piece of like counter argument that I can offer against him, you know, not being able to get a hold of this year's car is apparently listening to reports and listening to like um other drivers and people who actually know Daniel, the way they speak about him is he's very confident and the vibes around him have to be correct in order for him to perform. And it's been a while since he's been home. Like he misses family because, you know, he's from Australia and Australian um, COVID restrictions were pretty, pretty stringent. And so he, he didn't see family for a whole, I think it was almost two years, if that. And so now that he's finally got back home, got to see family, got to really reconnect and just, you know, I don't want to say repair his soul, like some, uh, some of the girls who rub rocks and crystals <laughs> together, but you know, it, it, so doing that, seeing family and whatnot is good for the soul. And I don't know. I, I agree with you. I would want to see him prove me wrong, prove all the people who are doubting him wrong because he is such a electric or not electric, but just a magnetic personality that you want to root for him. I don't, I don't know any Danny Rick haters like who want the downfall on him. I just know like Danny Rick trolls like, Oh, Danny Rick lost it and whatnot, but no one, I, I don't know. I feel like no one really hates him. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, being liked on track and performing on track are two separate things. And yeah, but looking at eight, we both agree once again, that Pierre Gasly is going to be that, you know, stuck at eight. Um, so I'll let Timmy go and explain why he thinks Gasly's going to beat Ricardo. I think the Alpha Tauri car is looking good. I think Gasly takes another step forward with his ability to drive. And he's, he's really, it's his contract year. I'm not mistaken too, right? Like mm -hmm. his contract's up. So it's a contract year. He has all the motivation in the world to show every team out there that he can be your number one driver. Uh, maybe he takes over, he gets back into the Red Bull second seat and takes over for Checo, never know. Or he goes somewhere else. Maybe, uh, maybe he replaces Daniel and McLaren if Daniel doesn't perform this year. So I think he has all the motivation to really go out there and prove everyone that he is a good driver and that he is a good pickup uh, to be on the team. I think he's been on AlphaTauri for as many years as he has, knows the team really well. Uh, they know him. He's their number one driver, so they're going to be supporting him the most. And I think he's just going to perform. I, I hope he's going to be more consistent than he's like has been in the years past. So, But I think he's going to perform pretty well this year. But I have him at eight. That's why I have him at eight. Okay. I, I have him at eight for similar reasons. Um, the only thing that I think you failed to mention to support our, like, you know, placing of him is I think he's going to outperform the car, the AlphaTauri. Um, I think the AlphaTauri car-wise will probably be the fifth fastest car, but Yuki will hold him back like we had both mentioned prior. I think Gazi's going to punch as high as he can punch. And the highest person that he can like snake would be Daniel Ricardo because the McLaren car is going to struggle. Daniel Ricardo is going to struggle in the beginning. So that's when, you know, Gasly gets the, the decent lead on him. I don't think Gasly or the Alpha Tauri in theory has enough to punch up and catch Lando because Lando is, you know, pretty solid or not pretty solid, but pretty set in, in that team and in that car already doing as many laps as he did. And Lando being Lando, he's not a slouch driver either. He's pretty, he's a, he's a decent driver or not a decent driver, but he's, he's, he's a good driver. Yeah. 
He's so, definitely one of the best drivers on the track. Yeah, so I don't think he's going to punch up and catch Lando. But oh. I do think he will catch and pass Daniel Ricciardo, which will only, you know, further your point that you had mentioned, um, his contract here. This is the year that Pierre is going to sell Pierre because he has to. I don't think he wants to forever teeter at Alpha Tauri, even though as, you know, healthy as it seems for him because he knows the team. It's pretty business as usual for him. He goes into work, sees his faces he's seen for years and just continues to perform. I don't think he wants that for forever. As not as that sounds, he wants the challenge for the upper places. So he's going to sell himself to either um, Mercedes. Um, hopefully, I think he's going to be shooting goat center for Red Bull, but you never know with that whole like upper management, maybe like you had said, McLaren, maybe. So he's going to try to sell the best version of himself for this season. Yeah, I agree. I think we also have the same for seven. Yes. With Lando. Yes. You want to go into why you have Lando at seven? Lando, um, same reason I, I – uh, kind of the same reason I have Gasly. He's going to outperform the car, but the top three cars are just so far ahead of him, or I feel like they're going to be so far ahead of McLaren that he's just going to be left outside the club. Like, he's going to be left looking in like, dang, I wish I could consistently mix it up with those guys, but – McLaren won't be able to consistently produce a race like like a higher end race car in for all 22 races. I'm not saying that they're going to drop the ball this season, but you know, say 15 out of the 22 they bring a very competitive to at least a competitive car, but I wouldn't be sur- like surprised if some of the races they pull up with an absolute what people call stonkers or you know, just crap. And so yeah, yeah, I have a Lando at seven, pretty much the same reason. Uh, the car is the fourth best car, I think, on the mm-hmm. track. So you have, unfortunately, that puts them default at seven when yeah. the top six drivers have better cars and they're not slouches. They're all killers in their mm-hmm. own right. I think Lando will he'll get some podiums. He might actually get his first win this year if things fall his way and uh, – Daniel isn't in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I think we'll talk about it a little bit later, but there's a part of Drive to Survive where uh, Daniel is P1 and Lando is P2, and then Lando is like begging, not begging, but he was asking to switch places to get the win, and the team's like, no, no, no. Do no, you no, hold no. your position. <laughs> Danny, Uncle, so happy. Uncle Danny Rick's going to get uh, the dub. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I agree with all the points that you said. He's definitely going to be competing with the top six. He'll definitely have top five, top four, and podium finishes. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to, the car is not there. If anything, it took a step back from last year. Like maybe if they took a step forward from their last year's car, I can possibly see him uh, snaking uh, Perez, uh, maybe even George, if depending on like how he performs. But I, I think their car took a step back this year. So he's going to be, it's going to just make it harder for him to actually break into the top six. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, we also have six um, as the same. We both agree it's Checo. Um, we had mentioned that there's, you know, an obvious top three cars. It's the Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes. And so each team has two drivers, meaning that there's six spots. And Checo just unfortunately, 
is the sixth best driver out of the those six. He isn't a bum driver. He isn't terrible, but he's known for one thing, and that's saving his tires and being smart. There are some tracks that you can't do that. You have to have like out like straight out pace. Checo doesn't have that. Monaco is a track like that. So, you know, you add those tracks up, he's gonna fall back down to six. So it really isn't. I see him going to do this, or I see him, he's not going to do that. It's he's just going to be defaulted into six. As much as I want him to do good, because, you know, this picture above, I want, <laughs> I, I want, I want to see the, the Checo success. Um, but I just think it's going to be defaulted to him. Uh, I do see him maybe snaking a win, a race win. Hopefully it's in Mexico. That'd be sick. That'd be, that'd be absolutely nuts. Cause that'd I would be crazy. What he get third in last year's race and they had that whole stadium going nuts. Yeah. So if if man's get a win in Mexico, oh dude, he's gonna shut it down. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Cause you see, like how Lewis, when he wins the British Grand Grand Prix in Silverstone, you know, that place goes crazy. When uh Max won the Dutch Grand Prix in Zandvoort last year, orange smoke everywhere. Everywhere, dude. I, was, I then, love yeah. that. <laughs> so yeah, so Mexico would go nuts. Yeah, absolutely like, nuts for this man. Like the the F1 gods, if you have like an oracle who writes poetic endings, please write a Checo win in Mexico because I think that'll just be the cherry on top of the season. Because once again, like how we had mentioned about Daniel Ricardo, no one really hates Checo. I haven't seen any straight up like Checo hate. Like everyone, I think the most Checo negativity I saw was when he got the seat for Red Bull. And that was purely off of like fanboys for like Gasly, fanboys for like Albon who are yeah. like anti giving up their seat or losing their seat to a Checo. So I agree. Uh, hopefully he gets a win. Yeah. I think he'll, he'll get one. Lewis and Max are going to, I think the battle <laughs> continues this year where it's going to be a, each other, knock each other out a couple of races. <laughs> it's going to be another, it's a marathon, not a sprint type deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah. Turn one. Yeah. Oh, that's, that was funny. But I agree. He's the, top three cars are leagues maybe not leagues but definitely a huge step ahead of everyone else i think the gap between lando and perez is going to be pretty significant where uh the last race if not the last two or three races won't affect it all that much they might close the gap but you won't be able to overtake him and perez is definitely the six out of six drivers of the top three and yeah my yeah um we once again i guess we agree from nine all the way up to fifth yeah all the way to yeah fifth yeah Yeah. because for fifth we both have george russell at number five but why do you have him at number five i think we have there for different reasons yeah i have him at number five because i think ferrari has their car is better than last year not sure if it's actually i think red bull probably has the best car and you're you might be thinking it was like why well why is prez at six and it's because that that car is built for max to optimize all his strength and checo doesn't really uh he's not the same type of driver max is so i have george at five because i think mercedes car is going to be good but i think Ferrari is a lot closer to Mercedes than people may want to admit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's based on the testing and how Mercedes have kind of been like 
struggling a lot with their cars and they still haven't got a hold on the uh, porpoising issue. So they're still going down the straights, bouncing up and down real hard. Banging. Yeah, like <laughs> heavy metal going on in the car. Oh, wow. I think, I also think, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of George Russell. I'm on the hype train as well, but I'm a little more realistic. I don't, I'm not fully, fully on board that George is going to like blow everyone out of the water that everyone's going to be like, oh, he just needs a Mercedes car and he'll like do all these crazy things. Cause and it's like, well, he's like shown it because he did race in a Mercedes car. You have to remember that he did that race for Lewis Hamilton. So you didn't have Lewis Hamilton on the track. Max was like back in third. So he only had to fight Bottas for first place. And unfortunately, that uh, race ended with a puncture in his car, his car malfunctioning or whatever. But I think he's the fifth best driver. That's really pretty much the reason I got. He's a great driver. He'll qualify high, but. I don't think I think the Ferrari drivers and then uh, Max and Lewis are better than him. I I agree in the placement on fifth, but the reasoning for me is a little different. I don't think he's the fifth best driver. I think he's actually a little bit higher. But what Mercedes had shown in testing is kind of iffy already. And then also I don't. It's, it'll be interesting to see George in the spotlight, you know, because players in other sports. Um, some players respond well to the the small market hype, you know. The oh, did you see this guy? Did you see this guy? But there's a di- that that's different than you know ending up on the Patriots, whereas you were on the Jags before or whatnot, and then having like the national or I guess in this world worldwide attention on you, and it's no longer oh, will he get into the the best seat? Is now he is in the best seat. So there is no long, there's no more up for him. You know, up is only winning championships, but there is now, or I guess the up used to be bigger than the down, like the possibility of him going down. But now since he is in the top team, the possibility of like him dropping the ball is so much more large than him succeeding. Yeah. I, so you're saying like, here's a big fish in a small pond and like players kind of thrive off that kind of, um, yeah being that big fish but yeah. now he's in the ocean yeah like he's, exactly he's, he's with the sharks like yeah. the killers and of the killers of the top of the grid has all the pre- not only the pressure of being uh and the most the top dominant team. top team like eight time constructors championship in a row yeah yeah in a row but he's also the second driver to lewis hamilton which is also just another humongous like, yeah. amount of pressure of you being able to perform because lewis is going to be finishing pole second consistently most of the year so it's like you have that pressure it's like well if he's finishing pole in second why aren't you up there yeah like, wh- why are you in fifth why are you in fourth why why are you finishing lower than third essentially and so- and so I feel like that'll be an interesting storyline to like monitor throughout the year. Like, you know, give me a how George is adapting to Mercedes in the first couple races. Then I probably in the middle of the season be like, how is it? Like, how is the sustained pressure? Yeah. Because it's no longer um, like, oh, we have a chance in this track. Maybe we can get him. Like how he is with Williams. Like there's tracks that suited yeah. the Williams car that like maybe they could sneak a point. He's now in a Mercedes. He's expected consistent points. And so it'll, it'll be interesting to, to watch how he responds to that. But now going into where you and I differ, um, who do you have closing out your best of the rest drivers? So number four, 
your fourth place driver? I have Carlos. Uh, Carlos signs at number four. He's he's there because I am a full believer that the Ferrari car is good, and I hope that they don't like. Because I think last year they started out like their testing was really well, and then they kind of just like went downhill from there. Ferrari. I think like yeah, didn't it? Ferrari. They I can't remember their testing last year, but they they started off like kind of bleh, and then middle of the season they it was like a slight incline, and then mid season break, and then they brought in a engine upgrade. I don't know if that was right before the summer break, or right after it, but they they had brought in an engine performance upgrade, and that's what propelled them to beat McLaren. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah. Uh, so I have, I think Carlos is probably one of the most consistent drivers uh, on the track who's a seasoned vet. He knows how to manage tires. He knows when to attack and when to defend. So that's why I have him at four. I, and the, the car, I think, I think Charles is going to, I don't know. Like it's, this is so, this is probably like the hardest, uh, the toughest decision I had making this list is whether putting Carlos or Charles at four, because they're mm-hmm. so like, they're so close and they're in the same car. So you can't really say like, Oh, he has a better car. So he'll finish higher. It's really, really tough for me to say uh, my gut. I just went with my gut at the end of the day saying that Carlos is going to finish fourth. I hope Charles kind of like figures it out and like really, really comes out and shines and shows like the type of driver that he, uh, people expect him to be or have expectations of him to be. So that's really kind of the reason why I have, I put Carlos at four. I think he'll do well, but he'll be behind Charles more often than not. Okay. Um, for fourth, I have, I have Charles. Um, I, I think I do agree on your point that the Ferrari car is good now. It is now a top three car, but uh, when it comes down to the driver specifically, you we had mentioned earlier, you had mentioned that Danny Rick is slow to like, you know, I think the word you're looking for was adapt. Danny Rick is slow to adapt to like a new car. Yeah. And as much as we like to like think that, oh, they're just, you know, they've been in the team for so long that they're just progressing over. This is a new reg. So everyone is in a new, you know, a new car. And I think if you flash back to last year, no one expected Carlos Sainz to get a hold of the Ferrari as quickly and as well as he did, because he was the one um, out of him, Danny, um, Checo, out of those three, he was the one who like um, started getting points more consistently or like placing where people believe that he should have been quicker. Because I think Checo didn't start pulling together to like the fourth or fifth race. Um, Danny Rick took, all the way up into Monza to really, really pull it together. And then Checo was up and down, up and down, up and down. And so it history has proven it, or um, it's already written in history that Carlos can like adapt, but Charles, I don't know. Charles isn't like that. He, it, that's why I suspect Carlos to beat Charles. So yeah, like I have Carlos in my third place, but Charles I think he's going to, how do I put this? No one, no one is going to be surprised if Charles wins a race. It's as if, can Charles not beat himself? 
because he is such a fast driver and some qualifying seat, you know, like, uh, not Monza, but uh, Monaco, he crashed into the wall or some races. He's a little, he's not as aggressive, like how people would say Max is aggressive. He's just kind of balls to the walls, sending it. And so maybe not mature enough, whereas Carlos has had some time and is adaptable. So that's the only reason why I put Carlos above Charles and Charles at fourth. Um, so you have Carlos at at third. three, yeah, yeah, because he is the more adaptable in my eyes of the two drivers. Yeah, I have Charles at three. I think I put my like what my gut trying to follow my gut and listen to my gut reaction when I first initially made this list was Charles showed that he could battle Lewis. He showed that he can have battles with Max if he had a better car. So that's why I was like, okay, they have a better car now. He's a fast driver, like you said. As long as he doesn't shoot himself in the foot by crashing <laughs> into walls, this man, this man's gonna be on podium consistently. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, I think Lewis, Max, and Charles are gonna be the most consistent podium, in my opinion, this year. I think he's gonna win. Uh, at least he's gonna win one race. Like I think, I, I mean, nothing's a sure bet. But pretty sure, like him being in third, he has to win a race. You would be comfortable with saying he's going to win a race. Yes, uh, I would also be comfortable with saying he wins two or three races. So, so that's what I believe. Because uh, with Max and Lewis, I think the the uh, battle between them only gets more intense this year, especially with how last year ended. Mm-hmm. So I expect maybe a little more crashes <laughs> so they'll open the wind i i feel like that charles benefits the most from lewis and max going at each other so as long as he's also on the track and not in the garage <laughs> <laughs> see that like once again like you're like i would piggyback off the same point you just make um about how there will be like jeopardy because of the lewis and max rivalry maybe maybe firing up or whatnot but i feel like Carlos is a better like capitalizer on those wild jeopardy moments because um, look at him in Monaco last year. He just got second. Like he he had, he had Charles crash and then the whole Valtteri thing. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he also had like an overtake in that race too. So he just like, boom, 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 capitalized all of a sudden Carlos is second. And so, yeah, Another point I just thought of, uh, since Charles and Carlos are on the same team, if they're fighting with each other, it comes down to who has the faster pace. Mm-hmm. And I give that edge to Charles, where once like you get into the later half of the season, the teams have to make, depending on how the points are set up and where they are positionally, you, you try to put... Uh, your number one driver, your driver who has the points in a better position to score more points. Yeah. So you have the team uh, say like, hey, Carlos, you got to swap positions with Charles because he's got the faster pace or he has more points and we want to make sure that he gets a better finish. So I think because Charles is quicker, uh, he'll get, he'll finish higher. But I, I also, I see your point. Carlos definitely adapts really well to new cars. He's a yeah. fast learner he's a fast adapter to new environments so he'll definitely probably get ahead early on but i think charles gets the hang of it and so uh, you're siding 
you're siding on the the side of pace, whereas I'm siding on the side of consistency and adaptability. Yeah, I'm siding on that. I feel the Ferrari will back Charles more than they'll back Carlos. Yeah, that that's a hard argument for me to go against, just because he, they did give Charles that fat contract, and Carlos, yeah. this is only a second year, so yeah. So yeah, you, like I think it's pretty eminent or, or pretty like evident that these guys would probably be interchangeable and we wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, same with the top two guys we have, but uh, I have one guy winning and Timmy has the other guy winning. Um, I'll go first. I have back to back. It's going Dutch. I have Max winning. Uh, I have Max super winning max, it. Max, <laughs> max, super max, max, max. Yeah, exactly. I, I have Max winning it again, back to back um, and Lewis coming in second. Uh, I think Red Bull gets off to a hotter start than Mercedes. Um, it's hard to bet against Mercedes. So I do think even if they do get off to a slow start, seeing how their testing went, seeing how their new innovative uh, side pod design, it went over well when people were looking at it. They're like, wow, that looks so cool. But then, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, but once it actually got like performing, there was... Uh, I keep using the term gremlins, but there were gremlins in the car. Um, they had lockups here and there. So I think they're going to get off to a slower start than Max and Red Bull. But throughout the season, the gap's going to close and Mercedes is going to figure out their car, figure out the philosophy of these this new regs and then start challenging Max and, you know, maybe make it closer. But I'm hope, hoping that it's not as close and controversial. And I'm more hoping it this is the way it ends purely because once I feel like if Max wins this year, how I want him to win, like not take it all the way down to the last race, maybe win, win it by like the second to last race, that'll put to bed the whole Max didn't deserve to win it last year. Because as much as people like to discount his championship because it was so controversial, I think purely based off of pace and merit last year, it's hard to say that Max wasn't the best driver. Whereas Lewis just showed consistency and was like always there, didn't drop the ball. But Max put together some nuts, 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 like performances and outings where Lewis, um, I don't want to give, I hate how people give so much credit to the car, like discount Lewis, but it is, it was the same regs as last year. And so they kind of carried over a winning car, whereas Red Bull had to fight uphill. So that, that, that's my reasoning on why I think Max is going to be back-to-back champion. I have the legend himself going to be soon to be eight times <laughs> world champion. Lewis Hamilton going first, Max finishing second. Biggest reason is now Lewis is the underdog. Now Lewis has been, listen, listen, listen. Have you have you looked at any of the articles or anything that they've been talking about? Red Bull's the team to beat. Red Bull's got a better car. Max <laughs> is the reigning champion. He's the favorite to win it again. You're just fueling his fire to prove everyone that like, hey, I'm still here. I'm, I'm still, still that guy. Um, yeah. And also to anyone that thinks uh, Michael Schumacher is better than me, get out of here hey baby that's what i'm talking about 
uh i also you also got a very 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 angry toto at that's fair driving that team and he's gonna push he's gonna be like lewis go get in there lewis get in there um i but i yes they're gonna have a slow start their car i think last year they had a slow start but even though even though max went on a five race win streak lewis still brought it to the last lap and almost and would have won he would have won if latifi didn't try to overtake mick schumacher for sixth for 18th place <laughs> <laughs> like lewis had that race in the bag it, it was a it was a win and then Michael Massey came and snipped the bag. Yeah, and then, and then he was like, no, uh, only the lap cars in between the two guys <laughs> can go. Everyone else, you stay behind because you're not important. So I think he has all the motivation in the world to prove everyone that he can. he's better and that he should. And also the second half, Lewis in the second half of the season was terrifying. He was so scared. His pace was so much faster than anyone else on the track, even Max. Like, he was killing people. You know how, like, certain sports have, like, mythical creatures or, like, mythical figures? Yeah. Like, um, what's one in Untucked uh, Kyrie? Like, <laughs> when he untucked his jersey. Hoodie, hoodie Mellow. Hoodie Mellow. <laughs> um, what's another one? Uh, I'm trying to think of a football one. Football, oh, really? um, Face Mask LeBron like yeah. mass lebron mass like, lebron there's like oh um <laughs> cialis anderson silva i don't know if you know about that one no I don't. yeah <laughs> yeah pp pills anderson silva when he was knocking out everyone there's just a, a mythical uh figure it's a uh, lewis hamilton with the brazil engine just zoom in dude after brazil he was cooking yeah so i think it's going gonna, it's gonna to probably be similar to last season. Mercedes and Lewis come out with a slow start because Red Bull has the better car, but because it's Mercedes, they're going to continue to figure it out. And Lewis is has shown that he's the best driver, one of the best, if not the best driver in Formula One history up to it's, this point. It's hard to bet against someone who's so dominant for so long. Yeah, and if yeah. there's one thing I've learned, he can drive – or if, if you take Lewis's words, which he shouldn't, to heart, this man can drive on no tire grip whatsoever. <laughs> he'll, he'll get new tires and like after two laps, he's like, I've lost all traction. And then continue to, to race on those tires for 50 <laughs> laps. It's like setting fast this time. It's like, what? what? How? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> this man's just a god, I guess. Like. <laughs> but so i have him coming back getting getting uh his eighth title maybe maybe writing it off into the sunset after this Nah, i don't i do agree i do think lewis is gonna come with a crazy hunger that he hasn't comes before but it's hard to deny just like there's what's this i think there's a saying like there's like an undeniable wave of that's what the future is it's just it's you can't stop it. And that's what Max is. He's the future. He's just going to come and sweep over. doesn't have to stop it. He just <laughs> has to go with it and be faster. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. But yeah, those, those are our, um, our 20 drivers. And that was our top 10.
So, uh, Timmy, if you want to go and run down your 20 through first place real quick, just to get out there one more time. Yeah. So I have Zhao at 20, 19th K-Mag, 18th Mick, 17th Alban, 16th Latifi, 15th Veltri Bottas, 14th uh, Stroll, 13th Yuki, 12th Esteban Akon, 11th Sebastian, 10th Alonzo, 9th Daniel, 8th Gastly, 7th Lando, 6th Perez, 5th George, 4th Carlos, 3rd Charles, 2nd Super Max, and then 1 Lewis Hamilton. I have 20th is Guan Yuzhou, 19th is K Mag, 18th is Mick. 17th is Nicholas Latifi, 16th is Alex Albon, 15th Esteban Akon, 14th Valtteri Bottas, 13th Fernando Alonso, 12th Lance Stroll, 11th Yuki Tsunoda, 10th Sebastian Vettel, number 9 Daniel Ricciardo, 8th Pierre Gasly, 7th Lando, 6th Sergio Perez, 5th I have George Russell, Fourth, I have Leclerc. Third, I have Carlos Sainz. Second, Lewis. And numero uno, Max Verstappen. Um, yeah, those are our 20 picks. Before we end the episode, we're going to, you know, it is race weekend when this episode releases. So we're going to give a quick prediction on who we think is just going to podium for qualifying and then podium at the end of the race. Um, Timmy, who do you have top three qualifying? I'm going to have Max pole position, Lewis in second, and then Charles in third. I have Max first, Carlos second, and Perez third. Who do you have as the ending or the race podium? I want to stick with the same. So just say <laughs> Lewis, it again. Uh, so Max uh, wins. Am I going to go Lewis second? <laughs> yes, Lewis second, and then uh, Charles third. Okay. For my race podium, I have Max winning. I have Carlos second. And I have third is actually going to be Charles. I think, I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a Red Bull, Ooh, Ferrari, Ferrari. Spicy. Yeah. Where does Lewis land? I think he I think he gets fifth. Who's four? I think Perez. Get your Red Bull fan boy. <laughs> get out of here. I don't fifth. know. I, fifth. I don't know. I think I think I think he does You're fifth. A hater. No, I think I think Perez. Not I think how do I say this? I think Perez out qualifies Lewis and like everyone else, but Perez is notoriously not the fastest starter. So that's when he gets caught by the Ferrari boy. And I don't think he challenges for third. I think he defends fourth. So maybe Lewis snags him, but I, I think Perez, Perez holds crazy. him off. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. The only, we'll reason, see. The only call, reason. Call me crazy now. But next week, next week, Sunday, once once we see it, don't be calling me crazy. Call if me. Lewis is only going to get fifth if his pit crew messes him up. 
well, you never know. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> but uh, with that being out of the way, um, before we end the episode, we're going to also, we have throughout the season for every race, we're going to be giving out awards. Um, we have five awards here. They each have a name and we'll go and explain it, uh, each of them. I'll explain the first one. We have, it's pretty simple. If you listen to any F1 content creator, podcast, YouTuber, they always give a driver of the day. Um, even F1 themselves give out a driver of the day. But instead of calling it driver of the day, we're going to be calling it the Dale Earnhardt Award. The Dern, Dale Earnhardt Trophy, whatever you want to call it, that's who we're going to be giving to, who Timmy and I deem as the driver of not only the day of the race day, but the whole weekend. Um, so, yeah, you want to explain the next one? Uh, the second one is going to be the highest IQ play. So this means either this can be given to a team and or a driver, depending on what kind of high IQ tactics that they took to give them put themselves in a better position. We are naming this award after the legend, big brain man himself, <laughs> big forehead, Peyton Manning. You better watch Just, out. B. Bakes is going to come after you for the, <laughs> the Peyton Manning hate. He knows it's true. <laughs> you could list all 20 drivers in order. On this <laughs> Size 12 font, too. Double space. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're the, 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 high, the highest IQ trophy is the Peyton Manning Award. And so, you, like, what would be an example to me of like a high IQ play? High IQ play would be if. So if you watch Drive to Survive, Nikita Mazepin, when in Russian, rushing, <laughs> racing in Russia, he saw the dark clouds and that being in his hometown, he knew that the rain was coming. So he pit way early or he pit earlier than everyone else putting on intermediate, which are the wet tires and then benefited from that because everyone else was uh, spinning out and yeah. losing traction because they waited too long. So that would be that. So he would have been the pain. He would have gotten the pain of handing award yeah. that week or, or if a team. Oh yeah. Sorry. Or like you were about to say, or if a team were to make the call, um, like if say McLaren overruled Lando that same race and said, no, come in Lando, they would have got the high IQ thing or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what that trophy would be. The next award <laughs> is pretty easy. It's the uh, meme of the weekend. So it could be qualifying practice, race day, probably most more than likely. But this award would be the Mark Sanchez Award, the butt fumble award. So, you know, whichever, um, this could go to a team, a driver. This could even go to, um, like, I think people would make a case that you could give it to, um, Michael Massey last uh, at the last race, he could have got the Mark Sanchez award because of how royally he screwed it up. And like, so he like, he got memed on a bunch. So that, that award is for everyone. Anyone could get it. Even the commentators, no one's safe for <laughs> Mark Sanchez. Yeah. If Crofty goes and says something wild meme of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. The next award is going to be the worst driver of the weekend. And we're calling this the Nate Peterman award. It's pretty self-explanatory. You have the driver of the day for the race. For us, we're having the worst driver. So that could be someone who had just a terrible weekend for whatever reason, Max or Lewis or top-end guy uh, just struggling and not performing up to expectation. Or it could be someone like uh, Bottas crashing into everyone and yeah. causing a huge pile-up. 
yeah i was yeah. <laughs> there's only one word coming to my head i'm like we're gonna have to censor that song. <laughs> i can't say it <laughs> yeah so um for those for those football fans who i don't want to say if you were lucky enough to witness it or know the legend of nathan peterman but yeah the nate peterman award uh just the war showing that day throwing five picks or you know screwing up royally earned the nate peterman award the last award we would be giving out every race weekend is the big body award big body big body um we named it after Shaq. just you know get out my way type deal and this is like an overtake um type of award whether we give it to the dude who has the most overtakes like uh for example we could have given it to lewis in brazil when he started in 20th for the what the sprint race and they got up to 10th and then went from 10th to first just overtakes after overtakes just piling it up or we could give it to the person who puts the most sauciest like overtake like who had a pretty saucy one last year um checo around daniel ricardo in spain that was a pretty saucy one going around the outside of turn one could give it to him so me and timmy will go and look back um and see if the sauciest one is enough to overrule say a quantity or if there's just someone who went crazy that weekend they would earn that award and this i don't know if i'd mentioned it but this is based off a of shack yeah yeah and we'll also be asking for like your guys' opinions we'll do be doing polls on our social medias on twitter and instagram so be sure to go follow us at uh, redefine on instagram and twitter and we'll be asking you guys on who you thought deserved these rewards every race weekend so yeah. be sure to Follow us. I said that three times. <laughs> That's all right. But yeah, follow us, follow us. Follow us. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we definitely want to keep, we want to build a community, an interactive community. So we want to be able, so this, that's the idea behind the award so we can have interaction mm -hmm. with you guys and kind of start building up a community that yeah. we can have fun with. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that um, at the end of the season, we can add up who won the award the most and then give like a big, like crowning achievement to yeah each. like a yearly award yeah kind of deal yeah driver of the year blah, blah blah but yeah so with all that being said we talked about our who we think is going to be the 20 or the order of the 20 we talked about who we think is going to show out this upcoming race weekend mentioned our awards um any closing thoughts you have watch drive to survive if you haven't already i binged all of it Stayed up till stayed up till 4 30 in the morning watching it it's really good they did a good job not over dramatizing too much i hate will <laughs> f1 journalist he 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 messed up in the first episode by being by trying he was like oh no one's ever challenged lewis in seven years but Max, this year's looking good. It's like, shut up, shut up. Like, I hate what you're trying to do and you're annoying. Like, just say, oh yeah, Max is looking good. Tell us how you really challenged. feel. <laughs> he was just trying, he was trying too hard. They put the camera and the light in front of him and he's like, let me give this smoldering look and really emphasize <laughs> on the dramatic so part of F1. It's like, shut up. I hate you. I hate you. And anytime he showed up, I was like, get this man off my screen. <laughs> <laughs> so as a, I went to school for film and whatnot, and it's whenever you want voiceover, um, when you're going and editing, you're like, man, I wish someone had just said this. I wish someone had just said that. It, 
Will Buxton is a filmmaker's dream because every single one of his lines is a tagline. Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy because he could be building up someone taking a crap. He just walked to the toilet, pulled his pants down and got to business. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't need to know that. You just made all of that sound way over dramatized. And so like, he's just a, like, I can see why Netflix milks him because it's just, he's always on there hyping up just the most, thing like it's yeah. crazy so th- that's my closing thoughts uh will buxton over hyper or hype man of the century hype man of the year because he can make anything sound like game seven of the world series <laughs> crazy but yeah with that being said uh that's a wrap for episode five you guys have a good one explain the difference yeah formula one is is the pinnacle of motorsport